welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast, sometimes an arts podcast, but yeah, you know, it's mostly music. Speaking of music, that song playing in is from Ohm, and the song is Ghost, and that's from their recent album, Fantasize Your Ghost. And my guest today is Macy Stewart, who's in the band. She's also a prominent uh, figure on the Chicago music scene, improvisational jazz, etc., etc. We talk about all of these things. I'm insanely honored to have her on the show, and uh, she is just uh, one of those special talents, and so I feel very fortunate uh, to, to have her on. And if you like the music of Ohm and, uh, or improvisational jazz, look at my past library. I've had a lot of, a wide variety of musical guests. We talk about Ken Vandermark. He's been on the podcast twice. Uh, tons of Harmar Superstar, Tim Presley, all kinds of uh, Alicia Ambrosio from the Magic Markers was recently on. Um, so look at my library in the show notes uh, for this show. There's you can go to my link tree. That link is in there. That takes you to all things that are this podcast. If you're a first time listener, and uh, you could follow my social media, become a Patreon subscriber. Uh, also. In the show notes are all the links to the things that uh, that Macy and I discussed. Uh, one, one Armenia. The ch- there's several, or like three charity organizations. Uh, the, so that w- she discusses the What Armenia Brave Space Alliance and Chicago Community Jail Support. Uh, all that stuff is in the show notes. Please support all of these. There's also a Venmo um, num- uh, thing. So you could donate money to One Armenia. Uh, also, you know, Bandcamp. And I, I say this a lot on the show. Um, please support our musicians. Buy from Bandcamp, especially Bandcamp Fridays, which is a really great thing and to help bands. Um, and buy merch from venues. Do whatever you can because I really, and we talk about this in the conversation, uh, I get very scared that we will lose these great, unique venues that also have a rich history. Um, we've we've lost some in Los Angeles, and I'm sure we're losing some in Chicago, my hometown. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Macy and I discussed Chicago, and uh, it's a common subject on the show. <laughs> I don't know if people get tired of my Chicago enthusiasm, but I can't help it. I grew up there. I love it. And it's a it especially... Uh, when COVID's over, you should go there and see a bunch of live music because you literally can see everything. Uh, enough of my ramble bamble. Um, let us get to the great conversation with Macy Stewart. With COVID and kids, like bathing just doesn't even... The days just blur by, so it's it's not like... Yeah. <laughs> it's like... I, I, I stink like a, a Grateful Dead fan half the time, and I don't mean to shame Grateful Dead fans when I say that. <laughs> uh, are you into? Are you, I'm surprised how many musicians I talk to who are really super into the Dead. Are you? Do you um, I actually, I am not actually. Um, my dad was like a. My dad's a big like, prog rock nerd, and my mom listened to a lot of like Motown stuff. So we never really, the dead was never something that we, 
we're not a classic rock family. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> was I, I mean, I from what I've read and heard for, uh, uh, about you is that you were like had, had a very musical youth. Was because I th- you took p- started piano at five. Yeah, I um, so my mom's a musician, um, and she she does a lot of piano bar stuff around Chicago. And uh, before I was born, used to tour a lot and play cruise ships and stuff. So she always wanted um, my sister and I to be involved in playing music. Um, so when I was like three, she started me on piano lessons with her friend. Um, and then I started playing violin when I was five because I saw someone playing the violin at my school and they were offering lessons. And I was like, I love that too. Um, and yeah. That's kind of, yeah, so I started from a super young age. So you weren't, like, resistant as many kids are. You were like, yes, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. I I loved playing music and loved sitting on the piano bench with my mom when she was playing and going to see her at work and stuff. So I always enjoyed it. I think it was, like, exhausting a little bit. Piano? Because I had a tiny brain. But you have, <laughs> Did you say you have a tiny brain? <laughs> Or when I was little, oh. <laughs> it was just, you know, sitting for the lessons was exhausting, but I think I really liked it. Right. I, I still say I have a tiny brain. And <laughs> d- Chicago, pianos, piano bars in Chicago are pretty, like, it's, or at least when I lived there, it was very prevalent. I don't know if it, is it still like a thriving thing? I I don't know. I think it kind of is, actually. I mean, I know, not right now, <laughs> obviously, but um, yeah, I mean... It was definitely a thriving thing, and there's like a whole community, like that's a whole other community of musicians that exists um, in the city. And yeah, my mom even teaches a piano bar class at Old Town now. Oh, that's cool. Um, what? Yeah. What does that and like is what is the angle of piano bar playing that would be different than like what is it, it could, is that something you can describe? Yeah, I guess I really don't know. Um, I know that the class that she teaches is, um, like, she, you know, her students basically, like, bring songs to learn. And my mom teaches them how to, like, play and perform these songs and sing these songs. So kind of things like that. It's mostly just, like, a performance class. Um, yeah, I think that's that's about all I know, though. <laughs> <laughs> And you were just, you took, were you like pretty instantly good at playing and switching? Cause you, how many instruments did you end up learning? Um, I mean, I only took lessons in piano and violin, but I did pick up some other things. Like I picked up guitar, um, cause that was something I really wanted to learn on my own. Cause I saw a lot of people playing it in bands and that was fascinating to me. Um, and then just, yeah, I mean, I've been singing since I was really small, too, and I did choir for, like, two years, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I just really love music so much to the point where I just wanted to get my hands on whatever I could to create as many sounds as I could, um, and, yeah, so, I, I don't know, I would say I know three instruments, four, including the voice, but I also like very much enjoy picking up random things and trying to figure it out, like the bass or drums or, you know, the cello. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, I'm a huge music fan, but I can't, 
I can't do it. So you're like superheroes, to, and you're like a super extra superhero because oh my god, thank you. Can you. Do so that many. Is, <laughs> <laughs> I feel you know I feel very much less than a superhero, but I appreciate. I will. I'll take it. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> um, how much? Because when I watched the interview you did with Ken Vandermark, and you said that Chicago is a, I think you said it's a genre genre less city which I, I because it's so there's so much like literally you could see any kind of music any night of the week in chicago which may, did that have a distinct influence on the city and that that sort of scene have a distinct influence on you as a young person i don't know if i really knew about it much as a young person because i really was kind of in my in my own little world of like classical music because that's what I grew up playing so I really didn't go out very much um I like knew about my mom's stuff um I played I mean I played Irish music when I was younger so that was like an extra thing that I learned and um I I just didn't know very much about the music scene until I was like 17 or 18 and or and like in this band that um kids these days in this yeah, I was in kids these days when I was like 16 or 17. And then that was kind of when it all started opening up for me. And I was like realizing, you know, what is actually out there. And then I think once I was like early 20s, I was just like overwhelmed in a very good way with like all of the things that the city has to offer. And I just kind of wanted to like check all of it out and and listen to all of it. Um so yeah, I think it it definitely did, it definitely did affect me. Um, maybe not as a super young person, but like when I was in my my uh, like early adulthood, I think it it really shaped the way that I uh, kind of uh, see see music and and try to create. Because now I'm like, oh, I can do whatever I want um, as long as it's earnest, you know. Yeah, it seems like. Chicago is the best place to be if you're a musician, especially someone as di- I don't know if diverse is the word I want to use, but I'm not. That's the one I got. So, <laughs> but like you, you can play so many different styles. It seems like ideal for someone who could just gig. I mean, you could gig with anybody, right? Yeah, it's a really great city to be a working musician for that reason. Um, yeah, because you can. There, there are always gigs every night because there's music every night, and because there's such a thriving music scene. Um, yeah, you can, you can make a living gigging if you're, if you're lucky. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I, I think that Chicago does have like a very, it's a very special place um, for that kind of thing and for music and musicians because there's not a huge industry here like there is in some other cities like there are not a lot of of big record labels located here there's not a lot of big like publishing companies like all of all of that like infrastructure stuff um isn't necessarily here um it's always like somewhere else (laughs) like in new york or la or like nashville so i feel like chicago has this benefit of being a big city, but also not having some of those things that might be seen as like constraints or, or roadblocks, um, or like 
specific things you have to aspire to. So it feels like there's there's more room to be creative sometimes. But also, I've only lived in Chicago, so I can't really speak fully on other cities. But I know that um, at least living here, I don't I don't feel like I have to do any one thing, um, and that's really comforting to me. Um, yeah, does yeah. It, with because I did theater in Chicago and and okay yeah I did yeah I was at Second City for like a decade and but like the cool. one the one thing that I that I've heard said about Chicagoans uh, like in the creative world is that that they they like work harder than like I get this in New York and just not about me because I'm lazy but other people <laughs> like the, the like that there's like this work ethic that goes with Chicagoans. And I don't know if that's, is that, would you say that's also as prevalent in the music scene? Yeah, that seems right. I think everybody's kind of hustling <laughs> um, to, to be able to make a living doing, doing their thing or like, you know, everyone has to have a million jobs right now. So yeah, everyone's like extremely hardworking and, and really like, yeah, if they're, if they're making music and trying to do music as a, as a thing, that's more than just, um, you know, try try to make it a larger presence in their lives. Um, I think that, yeah, everyone I've encountered and met is like incredibly hardworking, um, which is inspiring, and I think also helpful for the ecosystem of of the music scene because then everybody else is like, oh yeah, let's we got to work hard. So that's that's what you do. Yeah, which is really cool. I'm a life time like a long not lifetime a long time fan of ken vandermarks and i can't even mm-hmm. i can't keep up with that guy's projects like it's i am yeah i'm constantly amazed by ken <laughs> he's an inspiring guy yeah I, that interview he did with you by the way it was just uh incredible and i learned it also made me realize like as much as i love music i listen to you two talk i'm like I don't know fucking anything. <laughs> <laughs> not true, not true, but <laughs> it's always such a pleasure to talk to Ken. Oh, I miss that guy. Yeah, he's 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 done this podcast twice and I just it, it, just marvel at his brain. Yeah, and he's so kind too. It's really yeah. yeah. What he's a good person. what drew you towards that improvisational uh Chicago scene yeah I mean I always I've always loved improvising because (laughs) when I was younger it was a way to fill the time that my parents made me practice without focusing on things (laughs) I was supposed to be doing (laughs) Um, so you know I'd have to practice for let's say I was like 12 or something and I had to practice for two hours and I'd be like okay I'm gonna I'm going to just fake this and be like, yeah, I'm practicing. But really I was like, you know, improvising and making up songs and things like that um, to fill the time. And then when I was in high school, I had a lot of friends who were really into jazz and I always like, I admired it so much and I wanted to be able to play like that and follow chord changes and do all those kinds of things. And it really did not come easily to me at all. Um, and I, I like tried for a long time to improvise in kind of those kind of styles. Um, and I just like, did it fit in with the dad structure? 
um, got kicked out of my jazz band. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, you know, not cause, you know, it just, it just was like something that was, it was really hard. And I, I worked on it a lot and I really wanted to just improvise and be able to play on that level with people, you know, like creating in real time with other people. And, um, when I turned 21, I live right down the street from Constellation. Um, and Seema, who's my bandmate, um, but this is before Ohm started, she was helping open Constellation and she's like, you should come in. And I used to go there every single night and watch all of this, like, like, I can't believe how lucky I was to live right there um, and be able to watch all of this amazing music from the most legendary people. Um, and then it, they had a really great series called Three on Three, where they would get three people um, to play together for the first time to just improvise for 15 minutes. And Seema was supposed to do it, but she last minute got called to go on an amazing tour with Jeff Tweedy. (laughs) So she's like, I can't, yeah, she's like, I can't do the gig. Um, Macy, do you want to fill in? And I was like, I don't know how, but I'll try because she was just going to do voice. And I was like, is it okay if I bring my violin too? Because I was kind of nervous to only have voice. And I brought my violin and it turned out that uh, it was amazing. And it was actually with Steve Marquette and my friend Charlie Kirchin, um, which we now have a trio called The Few. Like, we've kept playing since then. But that was kind of like my first time actually participating in improvised music. Um, and then I, like, loved it so, so much that I I just tried to keep doing it as often as I could. Is Because I'm f- fascinated by people's ability to improvise music and and I like having done theatrical improvisation there's people you know you with that you there's a set of rules and sort of things that guide you that is that mm-hmm. the same with cuz sometimes I'm like I I saw Ken play actually in Los Angeles about a year ago and I w- I never asked him but I was like is that just completely 100% you guys just go up there and go? Or is there like structure? To, how does that, I, I, I hope this wasn't a too long-winded, but I'm like, yeah, I think you yeah, know where yeah. I'm going, right? I, with, totally. Yeah, I mean, I think it's different for every person and it's different for every group and it's different, you know, it's different depending on the circumstance. Um, you know, sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll be in a group where we go up there and we, yeah, we just start. We don't have, we don't talk about it before at all. We just go for it. Um, sometimes beforehand you're like, okay, let's try to, let's do these parameters and that's what you work within. I think it's always, I don't think there are rules, but you know, there are sometimes like loose, um, loose, yeah, loose parameters that you work within. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, and like when I play with marker, like those pieces are are composed, you know, with spaces for improvising. So that's like a whole different kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I think the the biggest rule is just like you have to listen. <laughs> you have to listen to the people around you because if you if you're listening and you're like really tuning in, then you pick up on 
you pick up on a lot of cues that you would otherwise miss um, if you were just playing. I don't know. I feel like um, it's it's a really cool. It's a, such a cool art form to me because it's like totally. Um, you know, it's a lot of it is based on intuition, but a lot of it is also based on like, yeah, I mean, intuition and listening and also knowing, um, yeah, just trusting, trusting the people around you and like communicating, not using words. Um, and I think that that's something that is really awesome and inspiring to me about that kind of music is like, it's all about communication, um, but just maybe not in the way that one might think. Does that when you're in that? What does that f- feel like? Do you feel like you're channeling something from like another universe? Like it seems. <laughs> I definitely feel like I'm. I'm in a. You know, I I hesitate to say meditative space because that's not necessarily true. But yeah, I feel like my my brain does go into a slightly different mode. Um, where I'm not so much like actively thinking about every single move that's going to happen. I'm trying to just like take in information and then um, respond to it as like naturally and earnestly as I can. Um, and it's, it, again, it's different for every, every group that I play in. Cause like sometimes if there's stuff that's really, um, yeah, it depends who I'm playing with. It's, it is like, that's also why I love it so much. It just like it's always it's always like an exciting new thing. Um, even if you're playing with the same people every night, or if you're playing with, you know, it's it's cool that you can sit down with people you've never met and play a completely successful set of music, or like play with people and suddenly you're like for some reason it just like clicks or you can play a set with people you've played with for years and years and years and you know maybe it doesn't work as well because for some reason there was like you know somebody felt weird that night it's just like it's totally in the moment compositional music and um and for that it's I think it's like one of the more exciting and uh exciting things to play and also witness I know it sometimes can feel alienating to people who might not be super familiar with it. But I think that it has potential to be one of the more accessible music forms because it really like anyone can play and communicate as long as you're like, you're listening and just trust yourself and the people around you. It's odd to me how some people fear, like they get into a comfort zone of the music they listen to and they fear exploring other th- like I know a guy who just it's like it's the Beatles it's some grunge stuff <laughs> and it's like and anything like he literally called me pretentious for, like and meant it as an insult for liking jazz and I'm like what is like what like what is so intimidating like why would someone be intimidated I don't understand it mm-hmm. yeah I don't know I don't know either I mean I think it's a I think humans tend to have a fear of the unknown a lot of the time yeah like like with everything you know I think that that's where a lot of stuff stems from is just like being afraid that it'll I don't know being afraid of what will happen so we're better people 
we are better people. We can say that comfortably. Ah, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> do, you, and do you compose jazz as well? Or do you just, do, like, do you have your own compositions in the jazz world? Um, not in the jazz world. I mean, I've, like, tried a couple times. <laughs> not particularly proud of what I've made. Um, I mean, I def, you know, I would say that, no, I, I don't really. I've done some, like, uh, instrumental stuff, and I, I compose a lot of, like, string parts for people. Um, but I don't have my own, like... At the center, it's my composition for this kind of stuff. Um, but I do have, like, a few spontaneously composed things, which is just the fancy way of saying I improvised them and wrote them. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't think so. I mostly, like, a lot of the stuff that I create is really, like, songwriting things, and I'm I'm working on some solo stuff right now that's um very much songwritery but surrounded by like kind of textural improvised stuff so putting it in that world but it's not entirely that world but um yeah i think that sort of answers the question <laughs> yeah it's it's amazing because when i was researching you i was just like this is a person who is going to be constantly engaging to as an artist like i i will follow you until i die because i feel like you were always going to <laughs> which could be next thursday i don't know but <laughs> yeah corona where anything can happen <laughs> like i mean it's rare that someone strikes that much like interest where you're like oh man this is going to be a massive body of work that unfolds that's very kind. <laughs> I'm just trying my little best over here. <laughs> uh, when you, I wanted to go back because when you were talking about communicating with other musicians uh, in an improv, improvised setting, uh, I'm just interested if there becomes uh, an emotion attached to that communication. Are you experiencing? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, like, for example, um, I played, so last last year, oh, man, I miss gigs. Um, last year, I got to play with um, Ken and Claire Rousset from San Antonio, Texas. She flew up to play this gig at Constellation, and we improvised. I had never met her before, but I had, like, followed her on the Internet and, like, really was, like, holy shit, this person is incredible. And I really like admired her, but I'd never really met her or spoke to her very much. And I feel like once we played, there was instantly this like spark between us. Um, and then afterwards it felt like we just knew each other and we're friends. And now we kind of, now we are like, I, I text her like all the time now. Um, and I feel like, yeah, the same thing happened with when I played with the few for the first time too. You know, I think that there are some people where there is like, you know, maybe you don't know them very well, but when you do improvise, it is kind of it's like it's like you're getting to know people on a on a very different level, but a level that is like kind of deeply 
deeply in there. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Um, I guess that's, yeah, that's kind of like, I wouldn't say there's a specific emotion, but definitely it helps you form like a connection with people. If, if you have like a set where you like really, for some reason, like feel like you're zoning in on each other. Um, I think that it kind of creates a cool, um, relationship. Does one's true self come out in that setting? Do you think like you're, revealing Mm. (laughs) i like that question um i don't know i don't know i think i can i'll just speak i'll speak on my own experience which is yeah sometimes i think i think i think it does because if i'm in a bad mood but i'm like hiding it from people and you know trying to or not necessarily hiding it, but just like keeping it to myself. If I'm playing and I'm in that headspace, I think something will come out. Like I probably won't be able to communicate as well and it won't be as successful of a set. So, um, you know, I think, I think on that level, yes. Or like if I'm feeling really, really terrible, like there are a few times this year, as I'm sure with everyone (laughs) where I just like felt absolutely like, it was all over, like everything was awful. And I like, couldn't, I tried to improvise just to see if it would help me get out of it. And I like really could not, um, I could not formulate something that was, um, I I couldn't, I couldn't formulate something that felt right. And I think that in that sense, it is kind of revealing, um, and yeah, you know, I think there's also like sometimes people play over other people and maybe that shows something. I have no idea. <laughs> but I think that <laughs> Yeah, like if I'm if I'm doing that, I'm probably in you know, I'm probably not listening very well and so I'm in a bad mood and you can tell and yeah, so I think on that level it, it does. Uh does there also do you think that when you go into that sort of setting, do you need to sh- shed ego? and just sort of come in as yes (laughs) I think so I mean yeah I think it's it's a process that yeah I think you I think you need to I think you need to because there's like at least for me if I go in with any sort of ego (laughs) um I like don't, I don't listen as well and I don't do as, you know, I'm not very caring towards the other people that I'm playing with. And I'm not like actually focusing on making something truthful or like very, uh, yeah, I'm not focusing on making something that is true to the moment. Um, so I think, yeah, you kind of have to put your ego at the door, but I don't know. Some, some people might not agree with that. Also. Um, that's just kind of my personal, um, hope for myself when I'm doing this kind of music. Um, yeah. It seems somewhat of like a, like a spiritual journey. I don't know if that sounds hippy dippy, but that's like, it feels like a spiritual. Yeah. 
Yeah, I um, you know, whatever. Fuck it. Hippy dippy is fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I think it sometimes is. Yeah, I you know, for whatever spiritual means to anyone, like I think, yeah, like spiritual to me, I guess, is like the unknown, right? It's like the factors that we just like can't really put a name to or like put words to. Um, and I think in that way, yes, it does. It does feel like that to me sometimes because, uh, yeah, sometimes things just work inexplicably because you're just kind of like channeling the same something with someone else. Um, and so it, it is really, uh, yeah, it does. It, it can feel like a spiritual practice, I guess. Um, but it also is, you know, it also can not feel like that and still be great. But, um, yeah. You, you, That's you, men- <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that you miss gigging and I, uh, I've, I, I'm a worrier and as of late, I've really have been honestly concerned with not only venues, but the well-being mm-hmm. of musicians in this mm-hmm. very challenging time and i'm wondering if you what what are the best ways that people can support music because i've seen like people doing like um stuff on instagram and tips and all those sort of things uh if there's other ways uh what can we do to help because it's terrifying and do and do you know anybody who is suffering from this situation Oh, I mean, definitely. I know a ton of people who are, you know, I think it's like everyone's, yeah, I mean, and on different levels too, you know, I think that it all goes in waves and, and, you know, some people have had to go back to other jobs, have had to, like, have not been able to have jobs, like people, it just, it, it really, like, I think the range of destruction that has happened um, across the scene is like, pretty terrifying. Um, but also everyone's trying to kind of stay strong, I guess, and, and do what they can, like make, make something out of it. Um, as in like, you know, making sure that the health of our brains and our community is, um, still there. So, I mean, I guess a way to support, music specifically is probably, you know, there's been band camp days, which are really awesome because all the, the um, money goes to the artists instead of uh, like a percentage going to band camp, which is really cool. But I think band camp in general is a really good way to directly support artists. I think that's probably like the number one thing that needs to happen is direct support, not just, um, you know, tuning into live streams or whatever is fine too, but not everyone likes doing them. They also feel like kind of alienating sometimes, um, you know, depending, depending on what you're doing. And, um, I think, yeah, the best way to support is just direct support, probably through Bandcamp, probably through, you know, or through their website. Um, and just making sure that, that you're doing that and kind of spreading the word, I guess. And for venues, I, it's probably the same thing, you know? Um, it's, it's just a really, really hard time. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'm mean, doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to buy whenever I can merch and not, you know, band band camp and I mm-hmm. um cuz it's like it, you with when you're a fan of someone's music you have an emotional connection and it's like a, it's like a, there's and I also because I get to talk to some people it's like I get I get very like I'm like oh man what if they can't make an album because of this like it's terrifying to me Mhm Yeah I mean all of that is totally real <laughs> Um yeah and it's but it's it's also been amazing cuz I'm I'm like I don't know, I'm looking at my community of people around me and just, like, inspired by the work that everyone's doing. Um, Because a lot of people, too, are, like, you know, with the little money that they are making from Bandcamp Days, a lot of people are also, like, donating it to really important causes and volunteering their time to things. Um, And I think that it's just important to keep, you know, sharing resources with each other and, and kind of like, yeah, just making sure that, um, you're supporting the things that you care about, um, because that's ultimately how you grow community, um, is by investing yourself into it, you know? So I think that's kind of like, that's the biggest and most important thing is just caring for your community. Like you would care for yourself, you know, and the art that you want to see. Um, yeah, and uh, speaking of uh, do- donating, and, stuff, and I saw it literally right before I called you on Instagram. But you, Om, did a like a live stream for Armenia. Is there anything you can share with mm-hmm. that? Yeah, I mean there are. Um, so we, yeah, we did a live stream for Armenia. Um, Sima is half Armenian, and her family came here in the early 1900s, um, fleeing genocide. And um, there was recently. Um, a war, an active war happening um, in the region of Artsakh, um, which is between Azerbaijan and Armenia. But basically, we were um, raising funds for medical aid, emergency medical aid. Um, this incredible organization called Quidix is like uh, they've been they've been um, raising money for the last month or so since um, it started. But uh, 150,000 people have been displaced. And, um, yeah, so we were raising money to kind of go towards one Armenia and Kuwaitix, um, to kind of help with, um, medical aid and, and any other resources that they may need. Um, Seema's always, Seema's going to continue doing, um, she has like plans to do a few more fundraising things, um, in the future. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was really um, it was kind of inspiring to see how many people donated <laughs> while we were playing the live stream. It was really cool. We raised almost like a thousand dollars. So that's great. Yeah, it was awesome. How did you and Seema come together and form Ohm? Well, we went to high school together, and her younger brother Liam is my age, and we were in kids these days together. So that's how we knew each other. But Seema actually like told him to ask or told told him he should ask me to be in the band. <laughs> so it's kind of a cool circular thing where, like, we've always been mutually admiring each other. Um, she was in a really awesome band called The Audience in high school and then also making her own solo music that I just, like, 
loved and thought was so cool. And when she moved back from college, um, we were kind of like, oh, why aren't we making music together? Because she was the one who introduced me to Constellation and to that whole scene. Um, and we were both inspired by the same things. We were like, we should make music together. And, and that's that's how Ohm was born. <laughs> Um, I, 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 and to go back to you, cause you were touring in high school and I just, I wanted to ask of, mm-hmm. you said that it taught you a lot in those early days with, uh, but did you tour with the Irish music too, or just kids these days? I did tour with Irish music too. I mean, only once, but we did a lot of gigging in Chicago. Um, but we, we did a tour to Ireland, uh, where we played like, there was a week-long festival that happened, um, and then we played a couple dates around. Um, yeah, that was when I was, like, 14. <laughs> so it was, I guess, technically my first tour, which is kind of fun to think about. Um, and, uh, yeah, but then I then I toured a lot with kids these days, um, starting from when I was, like, 17, in my senior year of high school, we had to take a week off before spring break. And I remember that felt really cool <laughs> to take a week off from school and be like, we're on tour. I'm touring. So I can't go to school. Yeah. Is that kind of a head trip for someone that young to be like out? Cause I toured pretty young and I won't lie to you. It kind of screwed me up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it probably screwed me up. <laughs> I mean, thinking that that's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, I learned a lot and it was really amazing. Um, but there, you know, there are a lot of things about that time in life and, and doing that kind of stuff that really, um, I think affected me, um, you know, both positively and negatively. I, you know, I'm glad that I was in that band, but I also think that, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, what What would have been different if I hadn't have done that? I mean, I was going to go to school for classical piano, so that would have been an entirely different path for me. And I probably would have turned out a different person or something if I had done that. So, you know, I'm grateful to what happened with that band. Um, but I also, yeah, I'm like, wow, touring at 17 is definitely a head trip. <laughs> was it all over the world? No, it was just for that band. It was just North America. Um, we played like a gig in Canada one time. Um, and then mostly the U S <laughs> Canada's not um, going to Wisconsin. <laughs> a really long drive <laughs> to Wisconsin. Um, yeah, we played in Ottawa with that band. Um, yeah, and it's good. It led it led to a lot of really beautiful things. So, um, yeah, because I've seen, grateful for that time. <laughs> I've seen like indie bands and stuff where they like have to wait outside because they're not old enough to. Yeah, we had to do that. I got like screamed at one time because I used the bathroom. I used the wrong bathroom, the one that was too close to the bar. I was supposed to go like up two flights of stairs and back behind the green room to go use that bathroom. But we were like in the middle of the sound check. And yeah, I remember there were like multiple times where we just get like screamed at. And I was totally sober for the entirety of that band <laughs> for the most part. Um, and so it was just like, it made me, uh, it was just, it, 
it was uh it was definitely irritating was um and seems over the top but yeah screaming is a little over the top i, I was curious like because were you guys sort of on your unattended like sort of on your own or were there uh adulty folks yeah we were we were on our own i think about that sometimes i'm like what <laughs> were my parents thinking but i guess you know once we were 18 like that you can't really do anything you know like we're adults but um technically <laughs> um yeah i mean it was yeah it was uh the eight of us in the band who were all like 18, 19. And then I think we had, I think our tour manager was like 21 at the time when we had like a manager with us for like a tour who was like in his thirties. So we did have one older person one time, but pretty much everyone was 21 and younger. I can't imagine the trouble. Cause when I started touring at 21 and it was all just like, I was like, thought I was Johnny badass and just, drink my fucking face off (laughs) yeah yeah i like i really didn't do any of that stuff but i also you know i think i think it affected me in a lot of different ways you know also like being surrounded by eight 19 year old boys um oh you were the only woman uh yep and uh it's like kind of psychologically interest an interesting thing <laughs> um yeah thinking thinking about that a lot now these days when there's time to reflect but um yeah yeah oh boy 19 year old i'll call them boys <laughs> yep. that just seems like a hell not that i want you to shit talk anybody but that just seems like no no i mean you know everybody's very sweet and like you know i think it was it was all it was all good, but yeah. well, whatever. Yeah, it was <laughs> both hell and not. So <laughs> I was just equating it with my nineteen-year-old people surrounded me, and that's which uh, were a lot of terrible people. So that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I I I I greatly want to thank you for your time. You have no idea how thrilled and. Uh, honored i was to be able to uh, have you on and to talk to you oh my god no thank you for asking me i really really appreciate it and it was a lovely conversation oh well thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, is there anything I, i'll plug everything in the sh- show uh notes but is there anything spe- specific i ohm has some new music coming out right yeah we actually so we have a seven inch coming out on monday that um all the proceeds from it are going to benefit um i think quidix again um and then either i think we're gonna go with brave space alliance i'll update you with it but um yeah it's gonna half of it will benefit uh quidix and then the other half will either be brave space alliance or the chicago community jail support um and uh yeah so we have Two new songs coming out on Monday, which is exciting. And um, then there's a, yeah, there's a comp, a compilation that I helped put together with the Chicago Community Jail Support, um, where all of those funds will benefit that organization too. And um, that's coming out December 4th. And yeah, and we're going to keep 
Seema and I are going to keep making stuff. We're all going to, you know, try to try to keep it feeling good. Um, I hope that the next time I visit Chicago, which you, I can see, I would murder my landlord to see you and Ken Vandermark play. <laughs> <laughs> for listening to conversations with matt dwyer please remember to go to the linked tree uh link in my show notes and support me on patreon if you can or just tell your friends about the show that would really mean a great deal to me tell people about the show and follow my social media and again if if you like join the patreon become a subscriber and get bonus material videos blogs all kinds of stuff Thank you very much for listening.